Listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Forever Boogus Halloween Podcast. And it's me, your spooky host that knows the most, B-Boy. I've already said spooky, so what should I say? B-Boy, terrifying Bryce. I don't know. B-Boy, scary Bryce. Scary Bryce. What begins with a B? Bat. Batty Bryce, Bat maybe. Bryce. I don't know. That sucks. And of course, I'm joined here by your favorite rapper from your middle school lunch table. Yep, it's me, the favorite scare master from the middle school <laughs> lunch table. Yeah. Uh, the welcome to the scare zone, everybody. I am uh, Jamie. Thank you for having me on the Forever Bogus Halloween podcast. Hell yes! It is finally the spooky season, Jamie. And what's better in the spooky season than television, my man? That's right. Sci-fi brings out their A game. USA brings out their A-game, AMC, mm-hmm. everybody's cranking ABC, out. ABC, oh, NBC, yeah. oh, NBC, the Fox Nickelodeon, family. Fox Family, yes. you name it, and we're going to cover it today, because today we are talking about some weird things that happen around the Halloween season on television from our childhood. Weird Halloween TV. So now I'm going to start off because I want to talk about slashers. And I know okay. that you are a bit of a, ch- a Freddy head. I, I kind of think that he takes the cake when it comes to all the slashers because... Well, you can't have your cake and eat it too. But I will tell you, I've come around <laughs> to Chucky these days. I'm a bit of a Chucky convert. I I, uh, I always find that Michael Myers is in a league of his own. I think he's uh-huh. you know one of the earliest you know examples of a slasher. But, but lately, I just I really like Chucky because I, I think he knows he's dumb. And they and they have fun with it, especially in the of movies, you know, Bride of, oh, Seed yes. of. Yeah, they're very self-aware. Yeah, they realize what they're doing is kind of stupid. And whereas like, you know, Jason takes Manhattan, love that movie. But I don't know if the filmmakers knew that was stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, I think that they think like we're making a great movie here. And it's like you are, but not the way that you're thinking. You're making a great movie because it's stupid. Um, whereas Chucky, they, they knew it was stupid. You know, same thing that everybody says in the beginning, like he's just a doll. Just kick him, bro. Yes. And I love Chucky. I think he's a cool doll and I love his scars. I I will say that I don't think there is a bad Chucky movie. Yeah, I would. uh, Yeah, I guess so. Um, but we're not here to talk about his movies. No. <laughs> you don't agree with that? No. You, you want to argue the point, but you don't want to get into it. I, exactly. I I'm like, I, I, I like, that. I disagree. However, I'm like, we got fucking bigger fish to fry <laughs> okay. on this fish fry, <laughs> gearing up for Lent. Uh, you know what I mean? It's Lent. The Rock is in a building frying fish because we can't eat meat on Fridays. Okay. But anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about appearances of Chucky on TV. The fact that they were so self-aware that they were kind of stupid it, it lended for a lot of opportunities for him to show up on tv in places that you you wouldn't normally see other slashers okay can you give me an example uh no i actually don't have any 
So um, if you have <laughs> your next pick, you guess you could start there. Right. No, uh, I'm going to start right at the top. Um, and I'll start with like one of his earlier TV appearances, which was the Horror Hall of Fame Awards in yes. 1990. Hosted by... Freddie, Freddie, Robert England, Freddie, Freddie, yes. Freddie. Yeah, so obviously we were going to see some Chucky representation at this. This was not too out of the box because it is a horror thing. Uh, he shows up in a little white tux to introduce horror around the world segment, um, and of course he plugs at the end, which is kind of strange. So he talks about all these great international horror movies from China and blah 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 blah, like like the Chinese ghost story, like some really cool, yes, intense- yes, yeah, some cool ones. But yeah, he does yeah. end the segment by going. But if you want to see a real thing, you gotta buy American Made. So go see Chucky too. <laughs> yes, Child Play, Child's Play too, too. Yeah. which is so random. It was it, it waits that he's a he's a promo machine. Yes. So you see him again a little bit later when they start getting into Bride of Chucky. Uh, he was pop. They really pulled out all the stops to promote this movie, and one of the stops he made was uh, on Saturday Night Live. Uh, he mm. showed up on the Weekend Update back when. Uh, uh, What's his name? Fucking Colin Quinn was the uh, oh, that's weekend right. Update. Yes, I think he's yep, like yep, kind of the yep. weakest weekend update guy yeah. in my personal opinion. I, I think Norm was the best. R.I.P. Norm, man. Uh, but Legend. but yeah, I agree. He's kind of the weakest. But yeah, he shows up to update and make comments on the Clinton impeachment proceedings, and he actually <laughs> he uh, Chucky shows up for some reason. They actually get the they don't get the voice of Brad Dourif here, so it sounds. Mm-hmm. Fucked up. A little off. Yeah, it sounds like when, you know, uh, Jim Henson died and all of a sudden, hey, it's me, Kermit. You know, yeah, like it, it it's like way a, different. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So there, you don't, you know, the, the power of Brad Dorff is, is really, uh, exemplified here when, when he's missing because Chucky's voice yes. is just wrong. And he's like, you know, I think that, uh, uh, we should just leave the guy alone, you know? Who cares about his sex life, right? Uh, that is pretty spot on as, like, the worst Chucky impression. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah. <laughs> it, it's like somebody who didn't, I don't know which uh, cast member did it, but he, it seemed like somebody who didn't see the movies and was just like, oh, yeah, Killer Doll. Yeah, I get it. I got I, this. I have an idea, like, he had an idea <laughs> yeah. what Chucky sounds like. So we see some Chucky there. And he looks great, though. They brought the real puppet with the real face animatronics. I guess Brad Dourif just, like, wasn't available. Uh, which so. is weird because I don't know what else the fuck you know what does that guy do? Or maybe he did, maybe they didn't pay him enough to to go all the way out to New York and I'm put not up with going all the all the way to New York to make <laughs> comments on Bill Clinton's sex life. <laughs> I'm Brad Dorif. I look wet all the time, even when you I'm. You kind of sound like Gilbert Godfrey. <laughs> more I than- got a voice, Chucky. <laughs> In the new movie, it's me. Could you imagine if Gilbert Godfrey did the voice for Chucky? I am Chucky now. <laughs> I do the voice. Or wait, would it be? Is that more of a Louis Anderson? Hey, it's me, Chucky, voiced by Louis Anderson. I kind of like that too. <laughs> I play a woman on TV, so everybody's everybody thinks I'm really strong and 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 powerful. Okay, so he shows back up on TV again in WCW. Chucky shows Ooh. up in WCW. Do you know about this one? I don't recall. No, be right up your alley. We have uh, Rick Steiner, the uh, more talented, but. Uh, Less charming brother of Scott Steiner. He's in the ring uh, with Mean Gene Okerlund, and he's about to cut a promo when all of a sudden, on the Titantron, it wasn't called the Titantron, WCW, I don't know what it's called. The, <laughs> the big screen. The big screen. 
Yeah, and he was like, oh, we have something going on on the big screen. Hey, it's me, Chucky, here in WCW. (laughs) And, like, you could tell what they did is, like, they recorded the segment, you know, separately. Yeah. And then just had the guys react to it as if it was happening live because it doesn't sync up perfectly all the time. That's awesome. Like, uh, I forget what he says. He says something, and then Rick Steiner goes, oh, no, no, he goes, why don't you shut up out there? And Rick Steiner's like, why don't you get your little ass out here? I'll show you blah, 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 blah. And then he goes back to Chuck and he goes, see, you don't got much to say, do you? And he's like, he was talking the whole time. <laughs> so, like, they clearly <laughs> fucked that whole segment up. But uh, he tells the audience if they want to see a real pro at work, they should go see my movie, Bride of Chucky, in theaters. Oh, man. He's still promoting Bride of Chucky. They, did a, they did a big promo tour for Bride of Chucky, wow. including SNL I think he was on, and WCW. I think he was on MTV as well for Bride of Chucky. I, I, I'm sure he was. I didn't include that in my in my research but uh they did a lot of work with that and it's just so great to see chucky out of his element and in other places and you know they wouldn't be able to do that with a character that they took completely seriously and it's it's sort of fun especially in wrestling where like every they're winging everything so you know they got this thing recorded and they have scott steiner reacting to it saying the wrong things the dialogue doesn't make any sense (laughs) but uh god bless chucky god bless chucky on tv Well, we're going to get more into like horror and pro wrestling very soon. But when you go back and think about Halloween in your childhood and television, what stands out the most for you? Chucky on TV, <laughs> promoting Bride of Chucky. <laughs> Child's Play too. Um, no, I, I think the biggest thing that stands out, at least for me, is like the Halloween specials from 90s sitcoms. Okay, and yeah. I think that Halloween pranks played such a huge part in the 90s Halloween specials. Oh, good old prank. It seemed like every sitcom had at least like one good Halloween prank. Like for instance, like in Home Improvement, Tim is always finding a way to scare like Al during the filming of Tool Time or put a severed head in the microwave to scare Jill or even in like uh, one of the Martin Halloween specials, his friend pulled off like a very elaborate prank on Martin. But who do you think did it the best. Mm, if it's not Timmy the Tool Man putting a hand in the microwave going, oh, Tim, who put a hand in the microwave? <laughs> uh, then I don't know. I don't know who would be the best. Roseanne, of course. Oh, duh. I forgot about she Roseanne. Is, she is the queen of Halloween pranks, in my opinion. Yeah, she is the queen. And I guess I sort of like, I don't know, not, when, when she uh, lost sight of the public's favor mm. in recent years. I didn't block her out of my head or anything, but I guess I just really haven't thought about her in a couple of years since then. It's She's a staple of the season, so it kind of feels like a given Yeah, um, that her Halloween specials are, are always going to be watched around this time of year. But she had pulled so many great pranks in her Halloween specials. And they even have an episode that's just like a straight up prank war. Pretty much. Especially the first one. Yeah. And she always got like the whole family involved in all the pranks. But I think that the show got a little too morbid with their pranks. Like, do you remember when Roseanne murdered Dan? No, I don't remember that. Oh, I'm sure you do. Because it was at the beginning of the Trick Me Up and Trick Me Down episode. Wait, I'm going to I've seen every fucking 
Yes, yeah, what, so what happens? Yeah, multiple it? times. What happens? But so, so Kathy, the next door neighbor, comes over and finds Dan like eviscerated with all of his guts and stuff hanging out oh, on the kitchen table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she like has a moment and freaks out, and then she turns to like you know run out the door, and Roseanne stops her like wielding a knife. Yeah, yeah. She was. I think what really surprised her was like how little Wendy's she saw in his guts when they were out on the table. <laughs> right. Like you would, think, you would probably think all Wendy's nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, his blood is Wendy's nuggets just slowly coursing through his veins. Actually, I think he did some uh, advertisement for Hardee's. So maybe it was like a bunch of like Hardee's fries and like roast beef sandwiches or something. You'll eat dinner when I'm done. <laughs> when I'm done. I'm not uh, but done. Dude, it was intense. Like when you go back and watch it this season, look how graphic it is. Yeah. Like that straight up looks like human guts and there's blood everywhere. We're talking about this stuff, and we, we podcast about Halloween every year, and, and we talk about nostalgia all the time. So it's like, you know, for some of us, it, it could be old hat. It could be like, yeah, 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 yeah. But for real, Roseanne is like top in, in the Halloween nostalgia bin. So, yes. you know, if you're looking for something that kicks you back a little bit to the 90s, you're feeling good, and nothing does it like Roseanne. And her shirt was so great because all these other shows were like people with unrealistically pitch perfect lives mm-hmm. and it wasn't that, like what's going on at full house <laughs> where's this money coming from i have no a idea failed musician and a failed comedian and then what was what was the dad he was a just a weatherman or something no he was like a host for uh like kind of like good morning america I get. I mean, I guess they're all banking in on him because the rest of those I fucking so. losers aren't doing anything or 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 unless i mean i'm kind of going deep here but what if he killed his wife and got the insurance money. And so now, like, they're sitting on some big bucks. Man, get out of here with that shit. Oh, no. Bill's back. <laughs> Every time I try to sit down and have a conversation about Halloween podcast, my spooky-ass white children come in and talk about, what if this was murdered? What if this was murdered? Yeah. Well, you know what? I tried to take my spooky-ass white children to see a movie the other day because uh-huh. I, I think kids like movies. And they tell me, Oh, uh, Sin Dad, because that's what they call me. They call me Sin, Sin Dad. Sin Dad, okay. And I said, what, you spooky-ass white children? What movie y'all want to see? And and they said, we want to see The Witch. And I said, The Witch? This movie, you could tell this movie's bad because it's spelled wrong. It's spelled the Vavitch, two Vs. <laughs> it's bad. It's a stupid movie right off the top. <laughs> and then I go in, and nothing happens. All this bullshit about Taco Bell living delicious. <laughs> I'm just sitting and waiting. Nothing happens. And then they say... But Sindad, it's not, it's not like that. It's, it's, it's atmospheric. And I'm like, <laughs> boy, I'm about to kick your ass into the atmosphere if you don't show me some goddamn witches and mummies right now. Where's Brandon Fraser? Show me some mummies. <laughs> Give me the mummy right now. We're not playing anymore with you. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Sindad, you, you can take a seat. Uh, I'll take over from here. Um <laughs> Uh, I guess the point that I'm trying to get to is that we wear these nostalgic lenses when we watch these specials, but like when you watch it, you notice like how intense and how like graphic these pranks can be. Like for an, a, yeah. another uh, example is when Darlene decapitated the the head uh, of a girl that David was supposedly seeing at the end of I think it was like the fifth Halloween special. 
And it, it was very graphic. Like you see her pulling on the head and decapitates her, and there's blood like dripping all over, and there's blood all, all over the bed, and everyone's freaking out. Yeah. It gets intense. Try to imagine how they got some of these things past like the rating boards and stuff like that. Yes. Yeah. And and the, the, I think the biggest and the most morbid prank ever to be pulled in a 90s sitcom is having Jerry Garcia as a cameo in the last episode of the Halloween special of Roseanne. Oh, wow. Look who it is, Jerry Garcia. Uh, what's what's his deal? What's his most famous thing? Oh, I don't know. There's this ice cream called Cherry Garcia. I think that's what he's known for. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's what that's it is. literally it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, I think that when you go back and watch all these old '90s Halloween sitcoms, and you see these Halloween pranks being pulled on family members. And, and then take off your nostalgia glasses and then maybe even look at it objectively. Hell yeah, dude. Because when I was a kid, I, I didn't prank very often. And that's a technique that master pranksters use, like me. Because if you're pranking all the time, people are going to start getting ready for it. Yes. And I wouldn't almost – I would do like one prank a year. So like when it happened, people really believed it. And one of my best ones was uh, my mom like had a bunch of her friends over. Drinking coffee, having coffee talk. And uh, I just went in my room and I covered my face with white chalk and I looked like, and I looked pale as hell and I came out and I was like, mom, I don't feel well. <laughs> and I just remember them all jumping up and like, I, they all, oh my God. And they all went the into ER. like, yeah, they went into mom panic mode. Uh, one of my favorite pranks of all time, shout out to Scott, good friend Scott, if you're listening. Hi, Scott. Uh, his mom is a great prankster. And when he was a kid, she cut the bottom of a tube of toothpaste out and emptied it. And then filled it with raw meat and rolled what? it up. So when he was half awake in the morning, he he put some raw meat on his toothbrush wait, and brushed wait, wait. his teeth. Scott's with it. mom did this. Yeah, Scott. Correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that, that's the way that I remember the story. Absolutely. We got to get Scott's mom on the show. Scott's mom, come on the <laughs> come show. Come on please. the show. <laughs> hey, I want to talk a little bit about um, one of my favorite things, which is rap music okay. and Halloween raps. Ah. You, think, do you, you think about Halloween raps? Yeah, I mean that was you to be a really big deal if people have things to promote they're going to uh steal somebody's culture to promote it and absolutely, uh, <laughs> absolutely. so we have elvira's monster rap we have the crypt jam are you ready for freddy by the fat boys yeah. uh nightmare on my street by dj jazzy jeff and, and fresh prince of course yes. uh but i i just think my favorite is the fuddruckers halloween commercial from 1989 what you ever see that one? <laughs> I, okay, uh, refresh my memory. I'm not sure. Well, it's just like the hyper laser arcade not uh, 80s, you know, like that 80s that didn't exist really. Yes. Like when you watch Stranger Things and it's all like lights and neon, neon and shit. Yeah. Like yeah. it didn't really exist. So, But it is all that in the commercial. It's all these kids with huge frizzy hair dancing out in front of an arcade and they're rapping about how you know, for, through Halloween when you go to Fuddruckers. Do you have Fuddruckers by you? Yes, we do. Yeah. All right. So for those of you who don't have it by you, Fuddruckers is like a burger place. Yeah, it's a burger joint. They have really shitty burgers. It's not like McDonald's, but it's not – it's something – it's like a little closer to Applebee's, I guess. It's all It's all but, seemed like it's microwaved. <laughs> no, yeah. It's not great, but, no. uh, you know, they, they – so this thing, they're going – a Halloween pumpkin's coming with our kids' meal and a cookie free. What an awesome deal. And then Ooh. at the end of it, they fucking the the lyricist tries to fit too many words into the line and stay in rhythm, and he's it's just like him challenging reality. <laughs> Fud Ruckers food, Fud Ruckers fun, 
Fuddruckers for you. Get a cookie and a pumpkin with our kids' meal now. <laughs> that didn't even like, rhyme. <laughs> it didn't rhyme, and it sucks, but it's just so good. It's so glorious. And um, I guess the best thing we can do is 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 play a little small little clip from it right here. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, let's hear it. Quality's not great, so stand with us. But here we are, Fuddruckers, 1989, Halloween, baby. Fuddruckers for you. What did they say? Get a free cookie and something. Get a free kids cookie meal. and pumpkin with our kids meal now. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was just Halloween and apparently in Fuddruckers uh, with your kids meal, you would get a whole ass pumpkin. Back in 1989, that's how you could tell the economy is fucked up yes. now. You're not getting a whole ass pumpkin no. for anything now. No. You know? You had to pay yeah. triple the amount for one pumpkin nowadays. You walk in with your friends. According to this commercial, you're all wearing matching, you know, neon windbreakers. <laughs> purple on top, purple on bottom. You've got your hair frizzed out. There's neon lights and arcade games. The the the, the commercial boasts double dragon. Yes. So take that, take from that what you will. Okay, so I'm gonna give you a little bit of homework for our next episode. I want you to rewrite that rap. But make it better. Oh, man. Yeah. I'll give you some time to work on it, but I expect a full-on rap. All right. All right. All right. Let's not, let's not, let's not put this off. Okay. It's Halloween night and you're feeling all right. All kinds of motherfuckers heading off to Fuddruckers because <laughs> they got Halloween pumpkins. They got all kinds of things. You can go outside And you could be anything on Halloween Halloween, the Halloween <laughs> I went more for a boys to men I, I kind of thing. like that, it's good, kind yeah. of a, a boys group Yeah, I like that Like he would have his, his shirt open yes. With no undershirt in the wind And he would have a pumpkin painted on his stomach Ooh-hoo. No, it's actually yeah. his hair But shaved down to look like a pumpkin Oh, that's even better. Yeah. I shave down my pubes to a pumpkin <laughs> so you can he's, give he's, he's me gonna be a redhead too. Pumpkin. But like really The only thing that red. rhymes with pumpkin is blumpkin, which is when you huh. get a Do you know what that is? Blumpkin? Oh, is that a yeah. sexual thing? You guys go ahead and look that up. Nah, I think I'll pass. So go ahead and look it up. <laughs> so, <laughs> I doubt that every listener to our show right now is a fan of wrestling, but I found that the horror elements and the sport to be very Halloweeny because it's goofy, I guess you know, and yeah, it's 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 kind of got like a goofy nature to it. It's not really taken seriously, and if it is, you could definitely tell they're kind of like camping it up. Yeah, and there is so many great like Halloween character gimmicks beyond Undertaker, the Legion of Doom with the Yeti, the Yeti, and uh, the Brood. Yeah, the Brood was coming out. They were drinking blood, <laughs> spitting it all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I have to say, though, that the the weirdest lean into horror is when the Misfits played a role in the WCW history. Yeah, I I like WCW, man. I wasn't a WCW watcher back in the day. I was more of a WWF guy. Me too. Uh, But I I wish in hindsight I was watching WCW because they had a lot of fun. They they also had like – 
ICP showed up for a little while. I mean, that's so good. Yep, yep. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get into that. So I, of course, am talking about the horror punk band Misfits. And so from what I understand, the Misfits were uh, introduced into the Federation to replace Vampir- Vampiro's alliance with ICP in the mid to late 90s. Yeah. Hey, real quick. Speaking of uh, punk, uh, do you like steampunk? Yeah. Yeah, I heard it's the healthiest way to prepare your punk. Damn it. <laughs> Damn it. Right. I preferred fried punk. Uh, but, yeah. but I guess ICP like dropped out of the Federation, mostly because they were done like not making any money with that. And they learned that they can make so much more money going on tour. Spraying Fago on everybody. Exactly. So Vampiro was looking for a new act or at least like a new angle. And like, like, like you said, uh, I watch more WWF than WCW. So I'm not very familiar with Vampiro, but I guess his character wasn't good enough for like a standalone character. So he had to have some sort of backup. They just didn't have a space for him at the time. Like, okay. He's, he's great. He's still in it and, and he's still involved in wrestling. He was like big part of, um, Lucha Underground, which is super oh, fun. Oh, okay. You know? That's pretty cool. So yeah. Vampiro was in a bind and took a shot in the dark by asking the Misfits to come on Nitro to play his interest music. Because apparently he was using a lot of ICP music, or I guess WCW in general was using a lot of ICP music. But once they left, they didn't feel like it was right to continue to use their music. And to his surprise, the Misfits were totally on board with the idea. Yeah, uh, you know, it is like in the 90s before the internet and stuff, you were like, that's very surprising. The Misfits are uh, blah, blah, blah. But then you find out if you just like wave a couple dollars at them, they'll do anything. pretty much do anything. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And apparently the Misfits really enjoyed it to the point where Jerry only got way too into it and bought his own wrestling ring to practice so he can actually start wrestling. You fucking loser, Jerry only. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Jerry only either. And before you knew it, like Jerry was wrestling with Vampiro and he got his ass kicked every single time. I don't think he won one match. Right. I think, and not only that, like, cause there's the scripted matches and who's going to win and who's going to lose. But there's also like, you know, people just show up and think like, I could be good at this, yes. but it, there's a whole fucking skill to it. Even though it's staged and we know who's going to win, there's a massive skill to it. So these people show up and they're going to be great and they just are horrible to watch. And I guess Jerry only thought that like, hey, if I practice somewhat practice on my own, then I could become a professional wrestler, which is absolutely ridiculous. And I think it made Vampiro look stupid. Right. Yep. It didn't help him. It didn't do him any favors. That's for sure. And then Doyle, the guitarist of the Misfits, got really involved with Randy Savage's then-girlfriend. And uh, the Macho Man showed up at a Misfits show to beat the shit out of Doyle. Like, this is not, like, scripted. This is not uh, kayfabe. Like, this is a real deal. Like, Doyle got really involved. as they call it. Yes. This is a shoot, brother. Yes, exactly. You went and worked yourself into a shoot, you marks. (laughs) And there's, like, a whole story about how Doyle kind of knew that was happening. He actually saw Macho Man walk up, like, to backstage. So he decides last minute to do, like, a stage dive to kind of just run away from him, like a little little pansy. Well, it would, it would stink to get beat up in front of, you know, your audience. Absolutely. And even though, like, the Misfits look big and bad and tough, I don't think they really are. Like, Danzig is, like, what, five foot nothing? Yeah, he's, like, five five feet tall. Yeah. Yeah, he's a short guy. Yeah. This is after Danzig quit the Misfits and, yeah. and did his own thing. That's why, I mean, it's it's barely even the Misfits at that point it anymore. It really isn't. You know, it's, it's something else, but... but 
before you knew it, Vampiro got sick of the Misfits and Jerry only because apparently Jerry was trying to steal the limelight and uh, was trying to break away from the group to actually, you know, become his own wrestler. And at this point, Jerry got really kind of paranoid with WCW because he thought that they were trying to steal the Misfits from him and replace him with Vampiro as the lead singer. God. (laughs) Jesus. And of course, this would lead to the iconic and the most embarrassing stage breakup of the band in like 2000 or 2001 or something like that. That's embarrassing. (laughs) I do. You know, I'm from New Jersey. I grew up on punk music and I love Halloween. So like Misfits are, you know, factory made specifically for me. And I want to always stand up for them, um, but it, sometimes they are indefensible. Stuff like this yes. is like so cringy. And have you seen um, Danzig's movie Veronica? I haven't yet, but it's on my list to watch for Halloween this year. It is. We should maybe talk about that on the pod, okay. pod for Halloween. It is fucking I embarrassing. Mean, I, I've read a lot of reviews, but it's like one of those movies you have to see for yourself. It's the it's the new The Room. Awesome. Like yes. like hands. You know. Yes, I'm I'm into it unbelievable stuff like it happens like you you know <laughs> oh my god you could see what he was trying to do you could see like the italian horror influence and stuff like that and then you could see what's happening and you go oh my god i can't believe like you know i would just be too embarrassed to release it i would see this cut and go we can't release this guys this is fucking embarrassing I, I always looked at danzig as a try hard yeah definitely he'll try hard to carry that heavy ass kitty litter too <laughs> I've seen that, that picture. It's great. <laughs> My favorite corner of television is public access. Yes, it is. And you, Bryce, know what I'm about to talk about. I already know. I think the listeners here might not know what I'm about to talk about. It's not really discovered by, you know, your everything is terrible and all that stuff. But all these people who recycle this old 90s footage and put it on line for our laughter and entertainment, they haven't seemed to discover this yet. Um, So if you're listening here, you're Mm -hmm. getting, you know, some insider stuff, which is, it's almost so insider that I don't have a ton of information on it. But before I get too far, this is Count Richmond. Yes. So earlier in the year, uh, Bryce hosted a halfway to Halloween live stream where he did uh, SNCC episodes of spooky things and Roseanne episodes of spooky things and spooky commercials and all that stuff. And um I wanted to help out, so I submit I, – what, I submit like a half an hour? I'd say actually all said and done an hour. Okay, so I submit an hour uh, – wow, that's a, that's more than I thought. I submit an hour of essentially found footage um, that I dug around on the internet and I searched up I, – I didn't want to just give Bryce the things that were, you know, easy to pick off the cherry tree there uh, and they were sitting around right the surface. So you dug I dug deep. a little deeper. Yeah. I went to page 15 on my YouTube search results and I you intentionally like misspelt Halloween to find like some weird. Yes. Shit. Yes. So I, I, that's exactly what I was getting to. So I, I searched, um, I spelt Halloween with like a G at the end and I searched 1990. So Halloween 1990. And that's where I found uh, count Richmond. And so Count Richmond is a public access character uh, out in uh, Richmond, Michigan. Uh, you would think Richmond, Virginia, but actually Richmond, Michigan, the lesser known Richmond. Uh, <laughs> and he's on public access TV, TV over there. And so from what I could tell, from 1989 onward, uh, he hosted a two and a half hour public access special uh, every Halloween night, showcasing all the kids of uh, Richmond, Michigan and all mm-hmm. their costumes. Um And here's the thing, guys, if you are nostalgic like us, and if you're listening, I know you are, 
and you kind of like this weird stuff, these Count Richmond videos, they've all been put up by the Richmond, Virginia, or I'm sorry, the Richmond, Michigan public access channel. They all put them up on their YouTube channel. The max views is like 300. So this is not discovered. This yes. is, you know, if you guys are listening to this, go check this shit out. You know, everything is terrible. I haven't got their hands on it yeah. yet. All <laughs> these other folks haven't got their hands. Found footage fest. Nobody's got to this yet. So if you're listening, uh, you have the first scoop. And it's a great thing to just throw on um, in the background if you're having a Halloween party or if you're trying to fall asleep at night during the Halloween yes. season. It's like two and a half hours long. He did it every year. It's uncut. Yeah, that's a, that's a big part of it because it is like unintentionally hilarious at times. It's like brilliant anti-comedy, but it's totally unintentional. Where it's yes. like, so basically what it seems like is every kid from 1989 to like to this day present Although it seems like the original Count Richmond retired around the year 2000 and somebody else took over. Okay. And uh, I've been watching some of those later ones just to get, get a sense. And I think it's his son because it does look a lot like him in the face. That makes sense because um, you see his son quite a bit in the yes, older ones. in yeah. the old ones. So every kid in Richmond passes through. So it's like they go home from school and go do a little trick-or-treating and then they pass through the public access station and they walk through. So it's like... 200 fucking kids walking through in their costumes. So yes. You're getting a lot of 90s references. You're seeing like Jurassic Park costumes. You're seeing Goosebumps costumes. Ninja Turtle um, stuff. Ninja Turtle costumes. My favorite though is like the generic stuff where it's just like, I'm a zombie. You know, I'm like, a that's, hobo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. like I like the generic monsters. Those are my favorites. Yes, um, yeah, yeah. But, you know, if you grew up in the 90s, this looks like your childhood Halloween, you know? Like you're having your grade school Halloween party. Exactly. But a little more about Count Richmond himself. There's no information on Count Richmond online because it's such a small niche community thing. The uh, comments have been turned off on the YouTube channel. So I haven't even been able to like say, hey, Count Richmond's great. Uh, how can I find out more about uh, there's like, you just can't, it's just doesn't, it's too small to know any information. The only way you'd know more information is if you were for, from Richmond, Michigan. That's the yes. only way you'd know. Yep. Um, but Count Richmond is sort of like a dollar store Sven <laughs> That's a great way to put it. Really bad makeup. And he tells like the worst jokes. Um, but it's so pure. Uh, he has this big mullet and these big white basketball sneakers with like a, <laughs> a you know, a cheap party city Dracula costume. It's a white face paint. It's unintentionally brilliant comedy. It's like wonderfully awkward. He, he sort of reminds me of, you know, Fred Willard from like, uh, he did all those movies like Best in Show yes. and, and and Mighty Wind and stuff like that. He reminds me of, of Fred Willard a lot, the way he talks and his choice of comedy. Like mm. I wrote down this joke specifically. If I haven't sold you guys on Count Richmond, this is where I'll leave you on this segment and then okay. you can decide to whether you okay. watch it or not. So <laughs> pictures in your head. You have this dollar store Sven Gulli and these big white basketball sneakers and a, you know, Party City Dracula costume and white makeup. And some kid walks up in like a lion costume and he goes, oh, hey, kid, uh, what do you call a monster that goes to school? And the kid's just staring at him and he goes, a student. <laughs> and then the kid just goes, and then, and then Count Richmond goes, okay, he's crying. Yeah, and then the parents have to come in and get it. <laughs> Wonderful VHS 90s footage yes. of all these kids and all these 90 cost, 90s costumes. Absolutely wonderful. Get in a Count Richmond. Um, I, I just, I've just given you like 20 hours of Halloween content right yes, there. Yes, very and, easily. And, and I forgot which year it is. He has a song that kind of ends – the the little yes. broadcast or whatever and i'll definitely play that at the, at the end of this episode yes if you could that'd be great yes 
Don't let the days go by. And then he goes, Halloween. Yes. A fun little Halloween song. Get into Count Richmond, weirdos. You're going to love him. You're going to love it. So I love finding out what celebrities' favorite movies are. And if you remember, uh, on like an old episode of the Forever Bogus podcast, you mentioned that RuPaul's favorite film is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark. Absolutely. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, Elvira, congrats on 40 years, Elvira. Yes, absolutely. She looks like she's 30 years old. It's fucking <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's, it's insane. She is a real-life vampire. Yeah. Um, and, and I know that you're a big fan of Golden Girls. I am. Do you know Blanche's favorite Halloween movie? Um, I, I don't know her favorite one, but I know that a made for TV one that she was in. Yeah. Uh, but is, is that what it, is that what it it's is? It's not. It's not. Okay. Uh, so then I don't know. So her favorite Halloween movie is BBC's Ghost Watch. Whoa, that's crazy. Ghost Watch is pretty much considered the nineties response to the war of the world's broadcast. Uh, have you ever watched or heard of Ghost Watch before? This is the first I'm hearing of it, but that sounds okay. like, do they, do they pretend it's like really happening? Yes, yes. So oh Ghost Watch was a, a British reality pseudo documentary television broadcast that was only aired on Halloween night, 1992. So is this like WNUF Halloween special? Ooh, I'm glad you brought that up because I feel that Ghost Watch really influenced and inspired the creators of WNUF. And Absolutely. That's, that's mostly because um, it, it, it felt like it was a real deal. And they had real BBC reporters performing live on air uh, like as an investigation of this house that, in, that was in London that was experiencing extreme poltergeist activity. Wow. So this is, yeah, so it sounds like WNUF just pulled straight from this book. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty great. Despite having been recorded, you know, weeks in advance, the narrative was presented as it was live TV, just kind of like how WNUF was. And at the beginning of the program, you see that the reporters are kind of not taking it serious and are pulling pranks on each other, like hiding in uh, the pantries of the house or making loud noises upstairs and even going as far as jumping out and scaring the crew members with like a bad Halloween mask on. But then, just like the WNUF Halloween special, things take a serious turn later in the program when they actually start capturing real paranormal activity on camera. Oh my God. And I bet you there were probably people who thought this was actually real. Oh yes. Because... I, and I know you and all of our listeners, unless some of you out there are 14, which you should turn this off right now. Um, <laughs> they don't understand any of the references. There's nobody, so yeah. there's nobody under under 25 <laughs> listening to this thing. But uh, we all live through the Blair Witch and we remember our moms going, you know, that's real, right? They found that footage. Yeah. And like, and, and we're like, no. Ma, they 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 made it on purpose. Well, then, how do they find the footage? <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> the it's marketing a, was movie. done so well. The marketing yes. was done so well. And uh, for Ghost Watch, viewers were actually encouraged to call into the show if they see anything while they're watching the program, or even tell their own ghost stories. Mm. And they they ended up bringing on a real life psychic to perform a seance on air, which resulted in the whole station getting possessed. And like there was like a disembodied voice and there was like really weird wind that was happening on set and like everything was getting shut down and it actually ended on a very unsettling note. This is so cool. It's so rad. It's one of my favorite things I discovered over the last like decade. I gotta watch this shit. So so during and following its broadcast, the show attracted an estimated one million 
phone calls, inquires to the BBC comprising of a mixture of complaints, uh, people being scared, or even some people praising that the program's unique presentation. Hey, bruv, I'm calling in because I'm watching this thing, right? And it's got <laughs> ghosts on it in every channel in it. What's this ghost in it? <laughs> Who's this ghost in it? <laughs> so you're right. Um, it, it, a lot of people did find this to be real. And this Halloween hoax traumatized thousands of viewers, leading a leading to a significant increase in documentation of post-traumatic stress disorder in the UK's younger children population. Oh, my God. Can you imagine, like, as a kid flipping through the channels and the show comes on and you have no idea it's a hoax and, like, all these things are happening to these kids on screen and you're, you're being told that this is live, this is, this is actually happening. I'm not a you know a patriotic guy to to the point where it's probably I, I think America's rad. We make the best movies in the world, uh, best TV, blah blah blah. I don't want to hear people talking about this how, how we suck anymore. Every every time, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I can't I can't go to school because when I was a child, me mother had BBC on and I saw a ghost on it and I got PTSD. <laughs> I pee peed my pants. I got a PP. I got a PPSD, mother. <laughs> All right, then get back to school, innit? <laughs> oh my god, the PTSD from Ghostwatch. But what if they're ghost watching me? What you think there's ghosts watching you take a shit? <laughs> Nobody wants to see you take a shit. Not ghost. Not living. Not dead. <laughs> Nobody wants to see you take a shit, Margaret. But <laughs> mum, I saw Ghostwatch on BBC. Ghost watch nothing. There's no <laughs> ghost watching you take a shit. The ghosts are dead. Bloody hell. Flush <laughs> it. Flush it. Uh, but if you are really interested in this, which I highly recommend you should put on during your Halloween season, uh, Shudder recently put uh, BBC's Ghost Watch on their uh, streaming service. So wow. highly, highly recommend it. You should check it out, J Dog. Well, that is the uh, perfect segue to mention Shudder because. Uh, I I love Shutter. I uh, am a subscriber, and uh, I, it's brought me uh, hours of entertainment at this point. But I can't help but to think back to a more quaint time in my life and in society pre-streaming uh, to FearNet. FearNet. Wow. Do you remember FearNet? Yes, I, I feel that FearNet had so many different names. Like it had kept constantly changing. Well, it was FearNet for a very long time, and then it got bought, and then it turned into Chiller for a little while. Chiller, yeah. See, I remember Chiller more than FearNet. But, you know, it just seems so quaint in in a world pre, you know, streaming. Because, like, you know, streaming was around, but it didn't become what it is until a little bit later. So, you know, FearNet launched back in uh, 2006, and it launched on Halloween night that year. That was actually not – it was nothing significant. It, It was because it wasn't on purpose they tried to do it like didn't two weeks work before out. so they could have a halloween gotcha. special but it just didn't work out until halloween night um but uh this is like a tv network and on-demand service it was owned and operated by comcast uh mm. in a joint partnership with lions game okay. puts out like you know devil's rejects and all that stuff it's folded out and uh it was a buyout by nbc universal became chiller and then you know we, the whole thing kind of comes to a bust in 2014 um, but you know, in a time back before streaming was like, you know, you could watch any fucking movie anytime. Now we have streaming services 
not only, you know, Netflix is the big one, Amazon Prime is a big one, Hulu is a big one, but we have things that are like narrowed down to specific interests. Like you, you yep. brought up Shudder. You like horror? You've got a streaming service for you. 24 hours a day, you can access it. But something about that live television <laughs> coming in through those copper wires out from outside your house. Oh, it was just wonderful. And I, I didn't have like uh, that cable package at my parents' house that um, that came with uh, Fearnet, oh. but for whatever reason, my grandmother did. And I, I think it was just one of those things that was like, she didn't know. She just signed up. Hey, do you want this package? She was like, yeah, that sounds fine. You know, so Fearnet came on it. And at the time, early on in the relationship with uh, my, my wife, my then girlfriend, uh, we would go like every Friday we'd sleep at my grandmother's house. And uh, first thing I would do is turn on fear net. Cause I just loved the idea that there was 24 hour <laughs> yes. live TV cable whore just pumping in through those fucking copper cables, dude. And, um, but you know, this would play 350 plus movies a year annually, mm-hmm. including some series like tales from the crypt. Uh, and they also had their original series, you know, there's this one called Holliston, um, which I don't know if you're familiar with. No, I don't remember this that. Is, Holliston is specifically up your alley. Like, you would really like it, okay. Bryce. I'm talking to you. Uh, this is a Adam Green joint, you know, the guy who went and did those Hatchet movies and all that. Mm, and I love Adam Green. He's great. So you would like this one. And actually, Odorous Urungus, the uh, late Eddie Brock. Uh, Eddie Brock. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking Venom. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's late. <laughs> Dave, David Brocky. Uh, the late David Brocky actually showed up in Halston and he was like the imaginary friend of the main character of that show and he lived in his closet. Okay. But it's like kind of a spooky kid show. Like it would be right up your alley, but it's made for people who were our age at the time, like early 20s oh, and stuff cool. like that. Oh, yes. Like, it was like if those Canadian spooky kid shows grew up with us. Hell thing, yes. That know? sounds amazing. And uh, But the best thing I think about Fearnet for me, you know, I would sleep over my, gr- uh, my girlfriend at the time, uh, my wife. Uh, we would sleep over my grandma's house on Fridays, and Saturday morning, I would pop the TV back on. As soon as I woke up, I'm like, I can't get pop it right back on. We <laughs> fear got Fearnet. Net. This is great. They had a a block of programming called the Fun House on Saturday mornings, where they would play all Spooky Kids content. Oh, yeah. So, it was like Saturday morning cartoons, but all spooky stuff. Hell, yeah. Um, you know, they would play reruns of uh, Real Ghostbusters, Tales from the Crypt, Keeper, Eerie Indiana, Dark Oracle, Ghost Rider. Wow. All the good ones. All these wonderful shows. And it was like, so it was the perfect blast of like nostalgia and, but hyper-focused nostalgia where it was like, you know, if you watch a full block of Saturday morning cartoons, there's going to be a lot of bullshit and there's going to be a lot of recess in there. Yes. But they took all, they cherry picked all the good spooky kid stuff and made a block of it called the fun house. I love that idea. Saturday morning. And I sort of just love the quaintness pre-streaming like, wow, there's a whole live coaxial cable channel <laughs> made for my specific interests. It's made for J-Dog. I know. And it, it really felt like it was made for me. It's fucked up because it's really not that long ago. It's only like 10 years ago. But 10 years ago is long enough where the world has changed so much in 10 years where it's like, wow, remember Fearnet? Yeah. You know, it's like, it, it seems like it's from such a long gone time and long gone generation. But I'm always forever nostalgic about things like that. I mean, it's nostalgia within nostalgia. It's, that is, whoa, nostalgia inception. <laughs> Do you like Lost Media? Lost Media. Go ahead and uh, what is that, Mr. Thesaurus? <laughs> so Lost Media is like media that people remember, but they have no 
like reference of it. Like they they can't find any remnants of it. Oh, I, that just drives me fucking crazy. Yeah. To be honest with it, you, yeah, it does. And would you believe that Nickelodeon has a lot of mysterious and creepy lost media? Like what? So what a what a podcast setup. Like <laughs> like what? But I was genuinely like, like what? What the fuck are you talking about? You're yes, you're genuinely interested. Yeah. So I'm sure you're aware that Nickelodeon has a past with dabbling in the macabre since the early '90s. With uh, you know more well-known shows being Are You Afraid of the Dark, All Real Monsters, and even Danny Phantom, but let's dig a little deeper here into the obscure of lost media in Nickelodeon. Okay, have you ever heard of the Nickelodeon made-for-TV movie called Crybaby Lane? I know I've definitely heard the name before, maybe from you, but I've definitely not seen okay. it. Okay, and I'm sure uh, we have Nickelodeon buffs here that have heard of it and have rewatched it uh, since it was unearthed. But Crybaby Lane premiered during Snick like the Halloween snake in 2000. And it was considered lost media for a decade or so because it only aired once. So it was one of those things that people remembered and they couldn't quite, they had no reference of it. And I'm the same. And I was the same way. Like I spent the better part of the late odds trying to figure out what this fever dream of a movie was called. So I can just rewatch it, especially without the internet. Like you could, you yes. just really couldn't figure exactly. it out. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I was on the internet and I didn't, quite know what to google for the longest time i thought it was an are you afraid of the dark episode yeah and i and i remember finally downloading all the are you afraid of the darks episodes expecting to see it as i watched through them but it never came up and it wasn't until 2010 when a reddit user unearthed it like he found a uh, a tape uh, that had it recorded on there and he digitalized it and uploaded it to the internet but apparently there was a lot of dark rumors that surrounded this made-for-TV movie. And after re-watching it with my adult eyes, I can definitely see why. Oh, put in that spooky haunting music in between. Okay. Yeah, here we go, here we go, here we go. So, for those who may not be familiar with the original Nickelodeon Halloween movie, Crybaby Lane, it's about two brothers who have a fascination with ghost stories and are constantly found hanging out with the town's mortician. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and one night, the mortician tells them a story about a conjoined twin that suddenly died because one of the twins, like I guess, got a deathly illness or something, and they were connected at the liver. And uh, I guess one of them was a good twin, and the other one was a quote-unquote bad twin. So the family decided they're going to cut the twins in half and bury the good twin in the cemetery and bury the bad twin in the woods. Wait a goddamn second. Uh -oh. Sinbad. Hey, man. I was not trying to do my Sinbad voice, but guess who's here now? Uh-oh. This sounds exactly like that Treehouse of Horror episode when they bury Bart's brother and they think that it's him, but it's actually Bart who was the bad one. Damn. I totally forgot about that episode, and I don't know where they line up in the timeline, but I bet you Simpsons did it. They always, they always, do they're it. always, yeah, they're always yeah. doing it. But anyway, having uh, after hearing the story, the two brothers thought it would be funny to pull a prank on their girlfriends and try to resurrect one of the twins. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, I got a great idea for a funny prank. You want to bring a little dead boy back? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Let's do it. We love pranks. We bring back dead boys all the time. All the time. It's it's one of my favorite pastimes. Best prank. <laughs> so they actually do it and they bring back the bad twin accidentally. First of all, how do they do it? Well, it's it's very stupid. They started speaking in pig Latin on the grave of the they thought was the good twin and they they pulled this vine as apparently attached to the soul and how it somehow woke up 
the spirit of the bat twin. It's, this is so stupid. Okay, so <laughs> damn, they specifically planted a vine when they buried the bad kid, so somebody could pluck it up one day. No, it's dude. It, there's there's so much to this, and like I, I would recommend watching it for yourself. It sounds like I don't recommend it, <laughs> but no one remembers that the mortician said that there's a vine that grows out of the body and apparently that vine is connected to the soul and if you somehow disrupt that, you disrupt the soul. Mm -hmm. Anyway, the uh, resurrection of the bad twin causes everyone in the town to go insane and it's up to the youngest brother and the mortician to save the town from the evil that they conjured up. Okay. So I remember watching this when I was a kid when it premiered and it did scare the shit out of me. Yeah. Like I, there are some seriously spooky, scary moments in the movie. I, I'm riffing on it and calling it stupid because that's what I do for everything because I am, I was born when I was born and our, our reaction to everything is to call everything stupid and dumb. Um, <laughs> but I am genuinely interested. I really want to watch this. It sounds really cool. I, I think you'll like it. So Crybaby Lane was widely believed to be withheld from being re-aired because there was so many controversies that surrounded the film. Um, my assumption was that uh, a lot of kids got scared and complained to their parents. So their parents... Uh, in turn complained to Nickelodeon about it, so they decided not to air it. But years later, the Nickelodeon representative stated that the film had just merely was forgotten. But I personally think that Nickelodeon was trying to cover something up. Scary. So, going back to saying that there are some dark and mysterious rumors about this, apparently the original director had a very morbid sense of humor and wanted to create something that was that went farther than your usual Are You Afraid of the Dark scares and really push the macabre envelope. And from what I understand, at least 15 minutes of the film was cut because it was too graphic for kids. Kids are kids are lame. You know? <laughs> I think you're gonna say kids are resilient, but even though Nickelodeon wasn't happy with this like morbid nature of the film, they ran out of time. And they had no choice but to air what they had. Very different time, you know? Yes. It just seems like these days it'd be like, you know, any TV network would be just like, let's just play the Big Bang Theory instead of that. Yeah, exactly. But, but it was a different time. They, it, everyone was expecting a, a made-for-TV movie for Halloween that year. And there, there's a creepypasta out there. I, I wouldn't really recommend reading the creepypasta, but uh, they did bring up a, a few pretty good, interesting facts about the original director of it. But anyway, so when it was resurfaced and unearthed uh, in 2010, um, Nickelodeon realized there was a cult following. And this was soon after, like, Teen Nick uh, started doing their uh, The 90s Are All That, like, showing old Nickelodeon shows. They decided that the Halloween of, I think it was 2014, that they would actually rerun Crybaby Lane on TV. Wow. And so everyone got to watch it again. And when I rewatched it, I, I definitely see how I got scared as a kid, but I also definitely see where things could have gotten cut out because it was too graphic for kids at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. Man, that sounds great. It sounds exactly like the kind of thing that you'd want to be nostalgic for. It sounds like it's worth revisiting. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah. You definitely should. So another thing to add to your Halloween playlist. You know what's the scary thing about, would be the scary reveal about the director? What's that? Is if a, uh, Ooh, ooh, he's Dan Schneider. Ah! Ah! Bring the ketchup. Hide your kids. Well, there you have it, spooky, bogus listeners. Our very first episode of the Forever 
Spookus Halloween Podcast. Very first, absolutely. And we're going to see you again this season back from the dead like zombies. Back from the dead. Yeah. I think we're going to be putting out more episodes this month. Because uh, lately we've been putting out one every other week, but I think that Jamie and I are slowly getting into the Halloween mood, so we'll definitely have a lot to talk about this Halloween season. Yeah, and I wanna, I wanna just wanna run something past you really quick. Okay, let's do it. Now that we have Dog the Bounty Hunter on the case trying to find this killer, what's his name? You said it before, Brian Laundry. Brian Laundry. We could be getting the name wrong, but this guy who quite obviously killed his girlfriend because she died and. And then nobody could find him, so the, obviously he did it. But uh, the dog's on the case. So I actually remember being in, in Walmart, and over the announcement speakers, they said, Ladies and gentlemen, we're so sorry to tell you this, but Dog the Bounty Hunter's wife has died. <laughs> is this is this a real story? This actually happened? Yeah. And I said... At Walmart? and Over the intercom? And I stopped for a second. I said, oh my God. So... <laughs> I want a Halloween live special of Dog the Bounty Hunter contacting the ghost of his wife. <laughs> could be that could be like later in the in the special, but yeah. okay. mostly okay. I want him to be trying to contact the ghosts of criminals who died while they were on the lamb and never got caught. And so then he's gonna try to bring ghosts <laughs> to justice. The way that only dog can. <laughs> He's the dog. This sounds like a really bad remake of Ghostbusters. Man, this is a good idea. <laughs> okay, all right. I'm, I'm glad we're recording this so we can uh, refer to it on a later date. <laughs> like, we got to copyright this idea somehow. We, we probably should. I'll, I'll contact my lawyer, okay? Well, no, we got to get we gotta get Dog the Bounty Hunter on the I horn. don't think we necessarily have to have him. We could probably get a lookalike, and it would be just as good. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I think we could dress you up as Dog. When Dog runs for the uh, governor of Florida, you know, in 10 years, he, this is going to be all important information. <laughs> and I think that... Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter. So think about it. You know he believes in ghosts. He, he's just yeah. got that look on him where he's like, yeah, I've seen some stuff. I, I don't think he calls them ghosts, though. I think he probably calls them spirits. You know, like some, something weird. He doesn't like yeah, follow yeah. The, the, the normal lingo of ghosts. I see, I've seen spirits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just because like you, your mullet hair is in your eyes. You can't see. But um, <laughs> right. I love that idea. So let's let's see if we can get Dog the Bounty Hunter on a ghost adventure show. Okay. Hunting uh, the ghosts of criminals who never, you know, paid their dues to the law. And finally bring justice. And you know, and you know when he gets him, he's going to catch him and he's going to act like the cool guy and give him a cigarette before he brings him in. Right. Yeah. He's, he's, he's going to, you know, use, use those, um, they're not even real handcuffs. They're like the zip tie ones. They're zip ties. And he gives him a cigarette. Yeah. And, that, and there is like some guy who like lost his shoe when he got tackled. Can I get a cigarette first? Yeah, man. Bro, listen, you got to get your life straight, man. I don't want to be doing this to you. <laughs> but dog, I'm a ghost. Yeah, I know. We're going to figure this out. You're not a ghost. Yeah. You're a specter. <laughs> Look, <laughs> obviously you got business that's unfinished if you're still here as a ghost. So let's figure this out. <laughs> he takes yeah. off his sunglasses. <laughs> he takes off his sunglasses to reveal that he has a single teardrop rolling down. <laughs> right. And then he goes, whenever I see ghosts, I think about my wife. <laughs> and then you get a preview of the next episode. I'm the dog. And you see his wife coming in as a specter. And he goes, oh, my God. Yes. I saw her. 
Her nails were so... No, okay. Because remember, she had black gloves, but she cut the fingertips out for long, long yes. nails could stick out. <laughs> yes. So you just see a cloud of smoke yes. and dog goes... He takes off his glasses, lifts them up, and actually there's a second pair under there. So then he lifts up the second pair. And then... <laughs> and then... And then out of the cloud of smoke comes a hand, two hands with fingerless gloves and long ass fingernails sticking out. And he goes, oh my God. You smell those Virginia Slims? He's like so hard. I'm the dog. <laughs> wow. I, uh, I wasn't expecting to end the episode like this, but this is, this is impressive. I think, I think we could probably go on for another hour. We could hour do another hour um, or we could not. Whatever, whatever suits <laughs> yeah. you. We should probably save it to the next episode. <laughs> I'm leaning towards not. Yeah. Well, well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. We have a lot of great Halloween surprises lined up for you this season. And uh, stay tuned in. Yeah, because I like Halloween better than anybody else. I, you see pictures <laughs> of me in, in March posing with a skeleton. And it ha- I wrote the caption... Hmm, gotta be me. Hashtag spooky. Because I love <laughs> Halloween more spooky. than anybody else. Hashtag basic, basic witch. witch. Gotta have my PSL even in March because <laughs> I like spooky more than anyone else. <laughs> well, until next time, uh, remember, uh, don't let the days go by. Um, Halloween. Stay, stay spooky. spooky, my friends. <laughs> Must be your skin, my teeth will sink in On a chocolatey treat that I wanna eat And I don't really mind at Halloween time It's that time when I feel sublime October 31st, that's as good as it gets and there's a full moon, well then that's better yet Kids all decked out, trick or treat they shout My dog's name is Death